2: hey folks it's me your internet uncle jake that's right i'm your uncle but only on the internet and uh i managed to get a hold of a very special guy uh he is A legendary producer of children's films as well as horror films. You might have heard his name on our Child's Play episode because he helped create the character of Chucky and has produced every mainline Child's Play movie uh, going into the upcoming TV series. Uh, It's David Kirshner and... The man has had an amazing career spanning the 1980s when he helped create an American tale for Amblin Entertainment, all the way to the modern age where he actually produces the animated Curious George series of films, Uh, and he's working on a live-action Curious George as we speak. Uh, But it's such a fascinating career with horror and the 80s and practical effects and weird animation leading up to uh, all these things that I've been trying to just wrap my head around i'm you know working on this video project i'm really excited about it and i just really needed his insights to help guide kind of my thesis and what was going on uh i'll end up sharing that with you later but in the meantime the full interview is over on the patreon but i just wanted you guys to get a little taste of it uh, right on the main feed so here you go if you want to hear the full thing uh just go to patreon.com slash whizbrew but uh it's just an amazing career amazing guy fascinating conversation uh, give it a listen I, I keep thinking back to Don Bluth uh, the rats uh, the secret of NIM uh, is often pointed to as a uh, nightmare fuel for a lot of kids uh, an American t- you've worked with him on American tail you even worked on him on the maligned but I feel underappreciated Titan AE um, And uh, at Hanna-Barbera, you worked on uh, the Pirates of Darkwater, which is this incredibly singular kind of eco-pirate swashbuckling fable. Uh, But one of the things that I feel like unites all of them is aesthetically, there is a lot of grotesque that goes into it. Uh, Don Bluth was not shy of making his creatures very, uh, you know, snarling and intricate and, you know, all sorts of interesting body shapes and aliens and creatures. I mean, an American as a Jewish kid myself, these uh, murderous Cossack cats that could come and attack my family, Um, that level of uh, the ugliness, the malice, the kind of... uh, it really stands out from things that you'll see on television and movies now where everything is much more smooth, much more bright, much more, uh, cheerful. Uh, I mean, do you feel like that was, those were aesthetic choices or do you feel like, uh, just the way that traditional animation was laid out as kind of following the Disney mold, the bad guys were supposed to be grotesque and the, uh, you know, the characters are supposed to be interesting to look at. Like, how do you, is it, how do I say this? When you see a thing, when you see something like the character designs in Pirates of Dark Water with these like, you know, just ugly, evil pirates, um, you know, threatening to kill our main heroes, were you like, ooh, that's good, I love them, they're gnarly, they're nasty? Or was it just like, no, that's just what bad guys look like?
1: For me, I, I, in Parts of Dark Water, when I had created that, and I created it before I got to Hanna-Barbera, and I, I thought, you know, maybe it'll be a film. Um, but I did um, gouache paintings of all of those characters. And um, uh, I, I just kind of, I, I took um, farm animals. <laughs> a, 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 honestly, a character like, like uh, Jote, is a character that has a face that has a lot of similarities to a goat you know I, I yeah I guess I, I I took what I thought was evil the films that I grew up on in the 60s and 70s of, of I don't know and un- uncomfortable creatures I guess is is the best way to say it you know early in my career I was lucky enough to work for Jim Henson and be uh, uh, around uh, People like 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 frank oz and brian froud who designed uh the characters for labyrinth and and dark crystal and um just as a kind of a, a nuisance kid i would just kind of stand there and watch in awe of, of of what what especially brian froud was creating i mean he was and continues to be just a genius of of creating characters like that and 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 even uh uh I just forgot the character's name from Star Wars. Uh, is it the second or the third job of the Hutt? I mean that, you know there's such a great example of of a character that is grotesque but honestly within just jumping to the world of horror I'm also taken by characters that that look like you and I that are pure evil. I mean I remember one of the the only time that Bill Paxton and I ever really banged heads um we did a film together on frailty or called frailty and uh and the 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 premise is that there are uh there are demons running around and but when when dad who's bill paxton who directed it lays hand on those demons uh he can see them for what they are and both bill and the writer really wanted to do all kinds of prosthetics with horns and gnashing teeth and uh and I said, no, I, I don't want to do that. What I want to do is because the biblical references of demons don't exist. The, what exist are people like that look just like <laughs> you and I. And they're Jeffrey Dahmer and they're Charles Manson and they're Lee Harvey Oswald and James Earl Ray. They're they're just normal people. Within the world of fantasy, I, I love enhancing that. But in this case I I really felt very strongly and and fought hard for the fact that they would just look like people. That was much more frightening to me.
2: That is interesting, interesting, because uh, the difference between human and inhuman is kind of a very uh, key point in what I feel like contributes to a kind of spooky energy. Um, when you see something like you know, uh, uh, just an e- a murderer on screen, uh, holding a knife and like be and doing evil. You can like understand like that is a bad person. And, and again, I'm speaking from a very childlike uh, uh, perspective. Oh, that's an evil person. But then you see something like Chucky, uh, who is this marvel of puppetry and animatronics and latex and all this cutting edge uh, technology, moving. Uh, Like a person and yet is clearly inhuman uh, the decline of uh, practical effects definitely is kind of a lot of people growing up now kind of say they miss that, that everything is all digital now, that it feels weightless and some of the most uh, memorable kind of nightmares kind of fuel from these uh, 80s and 90s films is stuff like uh, the never-ending story with all of these fi- incredibly complex creatures, uh, Chucky, the Gremlins, all of these things that were real and uh, on a blurry, low-res, darkened, poorly tracked, uh, copied over 10 times from HBO VHS tape could be real. Like, you know, if you're a kid, you don't know what a servo motor is you don't know what a. you know you don't know all the intricacies you don't know that there's one guy working the left eyelid another guy working the right eyelid um do you think that uh do you feel that the as a producer as a filmmaker uh do you miss that kind of tactility of these practical puppet creatures, or having been on set and having to spend months and months extra for to deal with, uh, you know, misbehaving animatronics? Are you like, I'm I'm okay being done with them?
1: No, and uh, first of all, I, I it never gets old for me to see the practical become become real um, and uh the idea of watching these brilliant artists I mean it for us it started with Kevin Yeager who did the first four Chucky films and then Tony Gardner took over for him and Tony Gardner worked with me on on hocus Pocus and and, and a lot of other films uh I I love that world that's you know I mean as I said earlier I I worked with Jim Henson so the world of puppetry really spoke to me as 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 a kid that was 10, 11, 12, I was making my own puppets and, and filming uh, stuff in the garage uh, with my dad's camera. Uh, our, unchecked, anyway, our fans don't want to see uh, effects. Um, they they want to see the hours and hours <laughs> and weeks and months, as you said, that it takes to put together uh, a, an animatronic character, as you said, and you're right. You know, here you have it's an actor, and in the motions that I'm doing right now, and my eye blinks, and the way my mouth moves, that, that's nine people that are trying to coordinate at the exact same moment to distill a feeling of an emotion. And, and, that, and that acting just, it, it always blows me away by what these brilliant puppeteers can do. So, you know, within the world that I, I inhabit, I I love practical effects doesn't mean that you know I I I won't ever do a, uh, a a a digital matte painting of of a uh of a haunted house maybe after we're done I'll walk you through with the computer my office I have a original Sid Dutton from a Halloween special we did today that would just be created on a computer and it would look great but Sid spent about six weeks painting a really scary haunted house and we created a matte painting of it so that when you put those two elements together the the hearse that drives up to the house in the one shot is 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 practical and is there um other than this old-fashioned matte painting the film dracula um the francis ford coppola version is magnificent because all of those shadows are practical effects everything was in the camera and boy, it just looks amazing when when Coppola did that film. It just, it literally blew me away. So, uh,
2: besides the Chucky television series, which will be rife in the world of nightmares and uh, puppetry, uh, your other major projects these days are the Curious George franchise, which are uh, bright, which are colorful, which are uh, you know for younger kids. Um. Do you, are there like specific rules in place, standards and practices, like specific things that uh, you have to concretely avoid uh, talking about or portraying on screen uh, for that younger audience? It's
1: it's pretty standard, um, just basic thinking as to what you'd want your child exposed to. Uh, Curious George, my partner and I bought the rights to that about 28 years ago now um uh we we did do an animated feature of it and then it became the television series uh we are i don't know if you're aware of this we are doing a live action version of george um that's uh, about an 80 million dollar film that is george is all cgi but he looks like a real chimp um I don't think we're breaking any ground with that. It's just you know hopefully that the work will be astounding and will make you laugh and cry. Um, but uh, I love that story as a kid in Forrest Gump after before he removes his box of chocolates and offers it to the woman on on the, the bus stop, he pulls out a curious George book. and there's just a an innocence to that that book that was written in the 40s or so the books that were written in the 40s. And, uh, and I was lucky enough to be able to uh, uh, acquire those rights, but uh, what my partner and I have been after for almost 27 years is doing a live action version of it and not using a real chimp because we would feel uncomfortable to use a real animal. Just kind of for our own politics, we just don't feel comfortable with that. Um, and now, especially in the last 10 years, you could really create animals that are incredibly realistic and um and so uh, with george you you know we'll we'll go further than the television series which is for you know children under under seven um uh you know i'm proud of that show on pbs we won a lot of emmys for for what that show said and uh, inclusiveness and uh uh people that that might be challenged um You know we weaved a lot of of really essential and important elements that you would want to teach your your children about being a good person especially in in the times that we're living in right now uh in this country and i'm not referring to covid yeah
2: the uh I never even thought of Curious George as an actual chimpanzee. I mean, I grew up with the books as well. And it's like, he's just this like smooth ooh, uh, creature that represents the idea of a monkey.
1: <laughs> yeah, no, you're, yeah, I think you've articulated that very well, but we couldn't really bring that to life without, we really wanted to make it seem as if George, uh, I mean, in the books, the, the man in the yellow hat brings George back with him to New York um, here it's, it's, it's less uh, kind of removing an animal from its habitat than, than uh, the idea that George's curiosity really makes uh, for uh, the beginning of a story that, that you need to put the genie back in the bottle and that being that George needs to be returned to, to the place that he came from.
2: As long as the guy's hat is still yellow, I'll be there for day one.
1: <laughs> the hat is still yellow
2: that's uh I'm too internet poisoned I just imagined a fake controversy where people are like they changed the color of their hat disrespecting them. no
1: i i pretty sure that won't be the case <laughs>
2: um so I know uh having doing research for uh gremlin's uh it was uh Joe Dante directed right
1: Joe Dante who's actually uh, gonna be doing one of the episodes on uh our television series of Chucky, oh. which we're just beyond excited about. Uh, he was a huge fan, is a huge fan. And so uh, my partner, Don Mancini, who's written all of the scripts and has directed uh, the last three films and will be directing uh, a good many of, of our, our television series, but we're we're really, really excited about
2: Cult of yeah. Chucky was incredible. It's a genuinely amazing movie that uh, I've, I've screamed to the rafters that people have to check out. Uh, but Joe Dante-
1: I will tell I, Don you said that. I, I, I'm so proud of him for what he wrote and what he directed on that. He's, he's an amazing talent and an amazing person. So uh,
2: Available on Netflix yeah. now, people, get on it. Um, <laughs> the, uh, but Joe talks a, uh, famously tells an anecdote about how he was accosted after a screening of the first Gremlins by a young pa- uh, parent, who like br- you know was like upset that their kid was scared by it, um, have you ever had to deal with any pushback like that? Um, well,
1: specific to parents or just crazy people? Ooh, either.
2: Parenthood makes crazy people of us all, doesn't it?
1: That's that's <laughs> well said. Um, yes, uh, after Hocus Pocus uh, and some of the previews Disney received from extreme uh right-wing uh mm. christian groups they felt that it was propagating the devil's agenda you know it's witches on <laughs> on halloween and uh that, that one i just did not see coming and we also had a, a about a dozen or so wiccans when we were uh filming uh in uh, in salem that were trying to shut us down for depicting witches as evil and uh, I, make no- I don't cast any judgment on their lives. It's just in this story that I wrote, um, <laughs> these are three evil witches. And in uh, fantasy has always dealt with, uh, with witches like this, whether they be male or female. And certainly uh, J.K. Rowling <laughs> has done it better than any of us.
2: Uh, hocus Pocus, I remember as a kid um The I believe it's the opening. It's a very early scene where you know they capture a young girl and suck the life force out of her, and then transform her brother into a cat. And I remember thinking like, "Oh, oh, wait, these are there are consequences. Oh my gosh!" And I feel like that might be um, one of the key things that uh, that kind of that makes a. That's the difference between, oh, yes, this is a Joseph Campbell good versus evil story, uh, that kind of distance that a viewer and a piece of uh, entertainment has. And then the but like all of a sudden, if there's unforeseen consequences or just like a something is for keeps or a specific level of malice uh, really, I think, resonates more with kids. When the villain can actually do things rather than just twist their mustache and, you know, just talk about the crystal or whatever their MacGuffin is. David, thank you so much for uh, joining us. I hope uh, our listeners appreciated this little inside look. Um, Obviously, keep an eye open for the Chucky TV series. Keep an eye open for Hocus Pocus 2. Keep an eye open for Hocus Pocus on Broadway. Uh, Whether or not that's been announced yet, but go anyway. Is there any place on social media you want people to follow you or are you just- you know, I,
1: I'm not on social media. I just kind of do what I do and come home to my family. <laughs> I'm, I'm, not, I'm not out there uh, in any way. I've never had a PR person, as I said to you. I get a lot of these requests and I say no, probably 90 something percent of the time. But I was fascinated by uh, the 80s, 90s angle that you had. And the fact of uh, that you had asked, I think, a very interesting question, which was how basically maybe the the same question that my mother asked, which was, how could a guy that did an American tale do something as uh, like Chucky? Mm -hmm. And um, and my answer is they're not very far apart.
2: (laughs) Thank you so much. Uh, And uh, I'll talk to you guys a little later.